Um, Today's scripture reading is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 26. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, around 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was called lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. heard that sound before. (laughs) When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to John and Peter, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, like me, from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent them first to you to bless by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Well, good morning once again. Uh, I didn't know Gail had such a gravelly voice. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're glad you're here this morning and uh, to worship with us and to be a part of uh, the family here at Spring Road. Lots of, lots of things going on, lots of uh, people on the road, uh, there are lots of people who uh, are not feeling well. And uh, we had a Judy joined us for a class this morning online and shared with us uh, um, 
it was good to see her face and she shared with us about some of the things that she's dealing with at the end of class and always good to hear her voice and to to know that uh, she's she's trucking on so we we had a kind of a special prayer for her and continued continued on as we uh, enter the new year and start our new series um, uh, we're, we're talking about eyewitness eyewitnesses and uh, those who had the opportunity to be an eyewitness of Jesus when he was here on this earth. And the wonderful statement that is made here is we cannot stop telling about the wonderful things that we have seen and heard. I, I just wonder, I just wonder what it would have been like to be at the, at the feet of Jesus and to walk and to, to, to see the things that were going on. We're going to see a video clip here in a few minutes. Of, uh, of, a, of how something may have looked uh, back, in, back in the day. But I wanted to, to talk about this morning about what eyewitness means. Eyewitness, when you witness something, if you talk to somebody who has actually seen something or been somewhere, it, it's different than somebody telling the story who wasn't there. Um, and you've played the game telephone, uh, or you've lived the game telephone probably in life along the way where you start off with this statement, it goes to this person, it changes to that, changes to this, changes to all kinds of things. And by the end, you know, it doesn't even begin to resemble. But when an eyewitness sees something, his, his word, his voice is credible. And, but the other piece of that is, if Karen and Stephanie and Mike and I all observe something, we might all see it a little differently. And I've, I've been in that situation as well. Uh, some, some, Mike and I being taller uh, might catch some of the view that some of the others don't see. But we also may not catch the, the sensitivity or, or the attitude in which it was spoken. And, and so we all see things a little differently. But when Peter and Andrew had the opportunity to be at the feet of Jesus, to, to walk with him and to live with him and to to be in life with him. And we're going to talk about that as well in a few minutes, about what it means, part of uh, the blessing of being in relationship with Jesus, uh, which they had that opportunity, and we had that opportunity as well. We can see that where their boldness came from. We can see where they were sold out to be with Jesus and to share the word. In the, in the words that Tommy read for us, if you pick up, there's some boldness there that, uh, in that scripture. There's some boldness of Peter that is stated there that he could only do. It could only be because of the Holy Spirit and because of wit him witnessing Christ in person. As in verse 6, it says uh, uh, when, the, when the beggar or the man asked him for, for something, uh, Peter, Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do give you in the name of Jesus of Christ, Jesus, <laughs> let's try that again, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He didn't say, I'm doing this. He didn't say, here's some money, you know, go to the doctor. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he boldly said that. And he could boldly say that because he had walked with Jesus. He had the power he had 
the ability to help this man do what he needed to do. And it says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And he went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized that this was the same man that used to sit begging at the gate. And while the man held on to Peter and John... Uh, the people were watching. In verse 12, it says, When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at this as if it's by our own power or godliness that made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. Now, this is where it gets very interesting to me. Because he's standing in a crowd, so now he said... Um, you know, he's, he's reminding them who Jesus was and who God is and, and what God had done. And then he points to them and he says, with the boldness, only somebody who's, who's taken, who God has taken over their heart could say, he says to them, you handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. And though he, deci- and he, he decided to let them go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murder be released. You, verse 15, killed the author of life. <laughs> I never like fingers pointed at me, <laughs> but I can just see that happening. You, 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 you killed the author of life. Peter, because of his relationship with Christ, he was very bold. He was very bold in his statement here to make sure that they knew that they had put him to death. Verse 15, again, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are all witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man who you see and known was made strong. It is Jesus' name and and in faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. And then verse 17, it says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you, are, you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Messiah would suffer, repent, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, uh, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Peter had, had the guts Uh, to stand before these people and to point at them and let them know it was they. It was they who killed Jesus. You didn't understand who he was as our last series. You completely misunderstood. You even hated him for what he was. But it's by that power, by that name of Jesus, that this man has now been healed. This man now walks, who you've seen for 40-plus years sitting at the gate. So my thought is, as this assignment came to me, my thought about this was, how was it that, G, or that Peter was so bold and was so powerful and was so able to stand before these people and let them know who Jesus was and, and what Jesus was about? Our small group on uh, Monday, every other Monday, uh, for this, this period of time, I've been looking at the, the series called The Chosen, and uh, there's a Bible study that goes along with it, and it's a powerful study of, of, of these sections of verses and the lives of these people that Jesus chose. Uh, this series, uh, series season one, is, uh, is uh, 
Matthew, Peter, Mary Magdalene, and Nicodemus are the four people that it, it follows. Obviously, there were no cameras around. Some of it is interpreted, I'm sure. But I think it gives you an idea of what it was like to be in Jesus's presence. Uh, we don't hold that video up as, you know, completely true, completely false. I hold it up as an example of, of life and times during that, that period. Obviously, if we're mature enough, we can figure that out on our own. But I want to show you a clip. And this is Peter and Andrew uh, in the great catch of fish that we've read about for, for many, many times. If you remember, Jesus had asked them to use their boat. He sat, stood on their boat. He preached for a little bit. They had fished all night, caught nothing. Peter, Andrew, they were all fishermen. They knew what they were doing. And here Jesus, who they had ran into and knew, had some encounters with, uh, comes, asks them to use their boat. They set it out just a little bit. He preaches from it. He realizes that they needed their fish, uh, they, that they were not, uh, not catching. And so Jesus then asks them to put the boat back out. I'm going to let the clip take it from here, and then we'll pick right back up. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish into market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. I'm not sure what it is about um, this series, um, and I think it's come at a right time in, in my life and probably the life of, uh, of us as we've been studying it, but the power that is shown in that, that clip and the series as it goes through, it is powerful to see, and before that, which you didn't see, uh, that Matthew was the one with the dog sitting watching, Mary Magdalene was part of that crowd, but what you didn't see was the, the encounters that Jesus had before that. But Peter, if you saw the look in Peter's eye when Jesus asked him, and he goes, what, you, what was hard to understand is, Peter says, I, I have no quarrel with you, but we have fished all night. We have caught nothing. But between that relationship that they had started, Jesus says, do it, and he says, I will because you asked me to do so. And you go out and you see the fish. And we know from scripture that the, the boat was overfilled with and it started to sink. Peter realizing now that Jesus is who he said he was, the son of God, he realizes that because no man, no activity, uh, nothing, nothing could have brought those fish in uh, the, way, the way Jesus did. And yet... The boat was full. Peter realized that, and he came to a point in his, in his mind where he said, 
he realized that it was Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah was here in front of him, and Jesus was asking him to join him. But Peter says, I am a sinful man. I, I am not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of these fish. I'm not worthy of, of your attention, and I certainly cannot do, I cannot follow, I cannot be like you. I cannot be you. And of course, Jesus doesn't call any of us to be, to be him, but to be like him. And, and, and the little funny part of the, or cute part of the story is when he looks to uh, James and John and says, follow me. Oh, we we, we got to check with mom first. <laughs> and the, the father says, I think your mother's going to be fine with you missing dinner because you're following who we've prayed for all this time. It's pieces like that we don't put together when we try to figure out why Peter and Andrew were so bold when it came to speaking of Jesus. It's things like that that build, as Scripture builds, that beautiful story that, that puts together the lives of his apostles and his people because he had life with them. And I wanted to, to speak about this just, just for a, a few minutes about the relationship. And relationships are about connections. Relationships are about connections with, with things or people or opportunities. And those connections, when you have those connections, love is built. Relationships are built because of love. And, and you have that opportunity to love the people around you and the things that you're with. You invest time in it. You invest in others. You invest in the word. You invest in prayer. As Christians, that's how we be, keep our relationships with Christ. We have to invest our time. Our priorities have to be on spot, spot on. And we have to be able to do that. I've, uh, Diane and I have encouraged you to join us in a daily Bible reading, and several, several of you are. Um, and what a great thing is that to, to be in the Word and daily have an opportunity um, and for Diane and I, it's awesome because every morning you get on your phone this little thing saying, hey, <laughs> it's time to do it again, without somebody else saying, hey, Robin, are you reading? I got my own phone saying, hey, it's time to do it. But I'd like for us each to encourage each other to do that, to do that as well. But to be, into word, be in the Word and be in prayer and be involved and invested in the lives of the people around us. Jesus showed Peter that he had worth value, and potential. He wasn't requiring Peter to be perfect. He was requiring Peter to be obedient and to submit to Jesus and to see who he was and, and being the son, the son of God. And people, Peter saw that in Jesus and he responded by giving his life to him. And so then we wonder then, as we go on to Acts chapter 4, uh, to the, to the slides with the scriptures on it, we wonder then how Peter went on then with his, the next day, after he had healed this man and they had put him into jail. At verse, verse 4, or chapter 4 starts out, Acts chapter 4, it says, the priests and the captains of the temple and the guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people, and they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in, proclaiming in Jesus uh, the resurrection of the dead. And it says they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, 
they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and so the number of men who believed grew to be about 5,000. So because of their statements, they put them in jail. Verse 5, the next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem, and Annas, and the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And this is referring to the healing of the man at the gate. And verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called on account today for the account of kindness showed to a man who was lame and, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You, all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but, but whom God raised from the dead, and, and, that, man's, and that, man, uh, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven uh, given to mankind by which we must, which, in which we are saved. So once again, Peter in jail, car, incarcerated because he healed somebody, and he even mentions that in his statement there that show, you know, I've shown a kindness. It wasn't like I stole from that man or hurt that man. We restored his health um, that you have, you have blamed, me, blamed me for that, but it was Jesus who did it, and you crucified him. Verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing there, or, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. I want to take a look at that statement from verse 13. From verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they were astonished and took note that they had been with Jesus. What a beautiful picture that paints for you and I. Because we're all pretty ordinary people. There are some people may, who, who may stand out uh, in our lives and in this room. But we're all, for the most part, pretty ordinary and once God, once God puts Jesus in our path and we cross that path, we merge our paths with Jesus, we can become, we can become pretty substantial in the eyes of God. God loves us, and he wants you and I to have a, a purpose in this world. We may be unschooled, we may be highest in our schooling, but none of that matters. In reality, none of that really matters. What matters is that they had been with Jesus. And if you remember from a couple of weeks ago in our, our series, you know, they spoke about what good comes from Nazareth, <laughs> speaking of Jesus himself. Um, so they, unless you were in the upper echelon, you really weren't thought of much. But they did put together that they had been with Jesus so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed notable signs, and that we can't deny it. 
People know, people have seen it with their eyes. They've seen it within their family. They know that Jesus, Jesus' people has this power in the name of Jesus, and we can't deny it. But, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in his name. In verse 18, it says, They called them in again, Peter and uh, John. It says, They called them in again and commanded them not to teach at all the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help about what we have seen and heard. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We can't help it. This man Jesus has touched our lives in such a way that we must speak for him. We must speak about him. We must share about him. All of our encounters with people around us should have a touch of Jesus in it somehow, either by our actions, our words, our deeds, our attitudes, should all have the mercy and love and grace of Jesus about us, that people see that. We can't help but talk about it. If we were so touched by, by what God has done for us, we, could, we, we should not be able to be shut up about it. We should be able to speak about it and live it out in the world around us. And Peter and John, even though they, or Peter and, uh, yeah, Peter and John, even though they were incarcerated, they were still letting them know, we got to talk about this. What about you and I? What about us? We have got to talk about Jesus. We have got to put in a good word for Jesus. And I'm seeing more and more, it can't be just by our actions. It has to be by our words. We have to be speaking Jesus' love and Jesus' truth to the people around us. Because people need to know that it's him. Not that John Body is just a good guy and he's helping out and doing some great things. John Body's a good guy because Jesus is in his heart and in his life. And he's doing things because of God's great love for him. And so when you and I do things, we have to let them know that it's because God has blessed us that we have the opportunity to bless others and that it comes from the hand of God. It's important. It's so important that we put God's, God's name there. Verse 18, or, or verse, uh, verse 21 after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was now miraculously healed was over 40 years old. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Over 40 years old. He's old. He's been around. Um, and verse 23, and on their release. So they've just been told not to speak anymore of Jesus. Peter says, we can't help but speak of Jesus. But verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign God, they said, 
You have made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant our father da- and our father David. Why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot in vain? The kings of earth shall rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your, they, they did what your power and will had decided be, beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke, spoke of the word boldly. What a beautiful prayer that is. To be threatened, we don't like what you're doing, we've incarcerated you, we're kicking you out of the city, we don't want you to speak it, and go immediately and start speaking it again. But how bold is this prayer? And I think this prayer from, uh, from these last couple of verses, um, verse tw- starting with verse tw- 29, probably could be a prayer that you and I offer and ask the Lord. Verse 29, now, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Enable your servants to speak with great boldness. Boldness. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for you in your life and in your walk with the people you're associated with? Are you able to boldly go? Now they're all thinking about Star Trek. Um, are you able to boldly go in your relationships and do the things that you need to, uh, to do and speak, speak of the Lord? Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So as we conclude, I hope we've got a little glimpse into Peter's life, a little glimpse into what Peter, who Peter was. And, and scripture is full of, of references of, of, of Peter. But that's just a glimpse. That's a glimpse. And my, my thought for you and I today is that as we, as we live our lives and we see what Jesus has done in our lives, that you put away your phones, put away your busyness, and you spend some time connecting with God. You put away the things that you've prioritized above Jesus and listen to him. Read about him. Pray about him. Fellowship with your brothers and sisters. But don't let that be enough. Then boldly, boldly speak of him to others. Boldly put in a good word for Jesus. Boldly give praise to God the Father when things are going well for you. Boldly reach out for God when you need him. So people can see that you are depending on him. And it's not the power that's within you because you don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have the power within me on my own to do most anything. But because of, of God's work and power and investment in my life and my investment into him, I can do some awesome things. And I can speak about things that 
that, you know, that God has done in my life. I shared Wednesday night, we were, we were sharing about um, finishing up that series, and a couple years ago, I was asked to speak at a friend's company Christmas dinner, and uh, I said, well, what do you want me to speak about, knowing that it was an insurance company, and, uh, you know, I know nothing about <laughs> any of that. Uh, what do you want me to speak about? And he says, well, I don't, uh, you know, I don't want you to preach, and I don't want you to really do this or that. I'm like, huh. <laughs> this man knew me because his ca- kids come to our church camp. His kids, you know, uh, spoke of our camp highly, spoke of me highly, and he had seen me here and there doing things, and he, you know, he had these same thoughts. And I just looked at him and said, if, if, uh, if I can't talk about Jesus, I really don't have a whole, lot, a whole lot more to say. And he just looked at me. And he goes, well, think about it. I'm like, well, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I don't have a whole lot to say <laughs> otherwise. And so uh, we, you know, we came around. You know, I said, are your people believers? said, you know, pretty much they were, and so uh, ended up doing a, uh, <laughs> I shared Jesus with them, <laughs> as, as, it would, as it would happen, uh, and I just, I just think that's important for us to be able to do that, but you and I have to be bold. We have to boldly go and share, share the gospel. We have to boldly go and share how God has helped us through this, how God has saved us from our sins. And I want you to keep in mind as we go through the series, the eyewitness piece of that, as we look at, you know, what people have seen, I want you to to remember that glance, that look between Jesus and Peter, both when he asked him to go out, when he asked him to put the the, the nets out, remember Peter going, and Jesus going, And then at the end, when Peter realizes he's a sinful man and that he is at the feet of the son of the God of the universe and the humbleness on Peter's face as he bows before Christ. And Christ looking at him with love and compassion looks down to him and asks him to follow him. Come, follow me. That's what Jesus is asking you to do. Come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I will help you boldly state of my greatness and my my works and my love for this world through your life. I will help you do that. But you have to follow me and you have to obey me. Thank you for listening so intently today. Thank you for uh, hopefully taking this in, and uh, as we go through this series, I pray that you will have the boldness to boldly go. If you don't have that courage, you could stop now and say a prayer for yourself. If you'd like prayers from this congregation, make that known. If you're not on that walk to be boldly walking and, and living for Jesus, you need to start that. You need to be baptized. You need to give your life to Christ. You can't get it through your relationships with people. You have to have your relationship with Christ. Only Christ can can save you from your sins.
Let him do that. If you've not been, if you're not his child, let him do that today while we stay and sing.